0: Well, um, we just want to jump into the word today. And I, um, just as I was ministering, and um, also I'm sorry, I pray for Gabby. She's traveling to Colorado. She took off yesterday. She's going home for a week. So we need to pray for her. And uh, as she's there and uh, for traveling mercies coming back and everything. But Gabby was helping me out. And Arena, did anybody see our happy hour on Wednesday night? Wasn't that powerful? I tell you what, I love my little daughter. She's like, Danny, can I be a part of it? And I was like, Well, yeah, I guess. And so she went and she got her mug and she got her, you know, something to drink and she got her notepad and she was ready to go. She's like, now, what are we talking about first? She had to get her, she had to write it all in her notebook and everything and get it down, ready to go. But, you know, I was surprised she came up with some good stuff. And I was like, man, that's good right there. We didn't rehearse that beforehand, that just came up out of her spirit. And as we were ministering that, Just some things began to come up to me. And, you know, um, I, I made this quote a few years back, and I saw it again, and I put it out today. Come over to his house, and he will help you overcome what's in your house. Come on, somebody. That's tweetable right there. Come over to his house, and he will help you overcome what's in your house. How many have had some things in your house that you just like, man, I need to get this straightened out right here, right here. I mean, come on, as mothers, sometimes you just said, I've had enough. You're like Popeye. You get that Popeye anointing on you. I can't stands anymore. I've had all I can stand, and I can't stands anymore. And you just get to the place where you're like, that's enough. How many of you have said that before? That's enough. Enough is enough. I'm done with that. And I believe we've got to get to that place in the spirit where we say, enough is enough, come on somebody. Do I have two or three people in here this morning that are at a place where you're saying, I'm ready to declare that enough is enough and I'm going over, come on. I'm not going to be overcome by everything in my life, but I'm getting ready to overcome everything in my life. When you get a hold of that, that who you are and what God's placed on the inside of you, it doesn't matter, come on, come hell or high water, you say, I am an overcomer. And I know what God's going to do in my life. And I believe that. I believe that when you take care of God's house, He takes care of your house. There's been many times where I've sat and I've thought, you know what, I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to worry about that. You know what, I've got things going on at home and here I am going off to do stuff for the house of God. And I hear God saying, take care of my house and I'll take care of your house. And I'm telling you, those of you that have made sacrifices over the years, and I know many of you have, you've made sacrifices. You said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You said that um, I've left things behind. I've made sacrifices for the kingdom of God. I've made sacrifices for the house of God. And you said, I'm just at the place where I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Anybody ever been there before? But I'm telling you, come over to his house. And he'll help you overcome what's in your house. And God gave me some steps today to do that, and I want to run down them with you. Number one, the way that you can be an overcomer look at your neighbor and say, We shall overcome. Come on, somebody. Come on, and if you if you really if you really over the age of forty five fifty, come on, you can say it like the words of the old Negro spiritual. Come on, say it. we shall overcome someday. Come on, come on, and we need to do that. Come on, Lenny, you left me hanging right there, man. See see how you are. I mean, where where are you at? Where are you at? Come on, go. <laughs> We shall overcome someday. Now, I'm not going, okay, that's good, that's good. (laughs) But that's what we got to do. We've got to get to the place where we say, we are overcomers. Do I have any overcomers in the house? Number one, I want to talk to you about your position. Your position, if you're taking notes, write that down. Your position. The key word in this verse, I want you to listen because there's a word in there. It's a small word. It's only two letters, but it's so powerful. John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, 33 says this. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Come on, can somebody say amen right there? Is anyone just at a place where you say, I need some peace? I need some peace. Come on, it's. Like, I'm not saying you you need a peace. Come on, some. Of them, we're in the world today. Where we're like, I, if I'm gonna get peace, I need to carry a peace. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, not like Medea. That's not what we're talking about. But you're saying I need some peace. I've just been going through the ringer. My mind is just going constantly. I just seem that to can't just get things straightened out. I need some peace. If that's you, just wave your hand today says, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Anybody had some tribulation? Anybody felt like you've been going through the ringer? Sometimes I'm like, I think the ringer has my address on it. Like, man, I'm not going through the ringer, I'm stuck. Anybody feel that way? And it says, in the world there's tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. John 16, 23, and the key word. Who found what that key word was right there? In. That's right. The key word is in. Where is peace? In me. Where is tribulation? In the world. We have to understand who you are. You're just passing through this land. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I don't belong here. Come on, say, I'm not from here. I don't know if you could tell it now, but I'm not from here. You hear my accent? Come on. Come on, I'm not from here. I don't belong here. You're just passing through this land. You don't belong here. Sometimes people look at me when I go out and preach places, and they say, you're a Texan? <laughs> yes, I am. And they're like that, like, that don't sound like a Texas accent. So that's all right. I'm a Texan. See, I wear cowboy boots. I'm a Texan. And they're like, "No, no, no. You're not from Texas." Cuz I didn't hear five y'alls in that sentence. Come on, somebody. You can tell where you're from by hearing somebody talk. And you and I are not from here. We're not from here our citizenship is in heaven come on somebody john 17 this is the prayer that jesus was praying he prayed for himself he prayed for the disciples and down to verse 15 through 18 he says this he says i'm not asking that you take them out of the world come on how many know we got to be here in this world right now i'm here aware that you got to get up and go to work tomorrow come on i know you don't want to But you got to. (laughs) You got to. We haven't arrived there yet. He said, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Then he says, verse 16, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. Come on, you're here on assignment. You're not stuck here. You're not in prison. Come on. Sometimes we think of it that way. I'm just, I'm stuck here, you know, until the sweet by and by. Bless God. I'm stuck here. Well, hey, well, come on. Hold on, honey. This life be over soon. Heaven lasts always. <laughs> come on. You better bash Mr.'s head open. Oh, think about, I'm sorry. Uh, think about heaven later. We're not here just if you don't know what that is, that's, a, that's an inference to color purple right there, sir. I forgot, I'm getting old. Some of the young people looking at me, like, oh. But I'm telling you, we're not here in prison. We're not just waiting to get through. We're not just waiting to die. Come on, how many know the old Christians kind of lived that way, didn't they? How many remember listening to Grandma and listening to, and they're just like, well, one day we're going to be up out of here. Lord, I just can't wait to get to heaven. Now, I can't wait to get to heaven too, but God didn't send me here on furlough. He didn't send me here as prisoner. He didn't send me here just to get by. He sent me here on assignment. Have you ever been somewhere on a work trip before? Now, the difference between a work trip and a family trip, how many know what the difference is? Nine times out of ten, work is paying for it. Come on, somebody. How many like going on those work trips? I used to tease my wife because I could always tell when we were going out for, and the church was paying for the meal, or if we were paying for the meal. <laughs> come on we go out and it's like and she'd look at me she's saying is the church covering that she's gonna get mad for me to tell this she's like, is the church covering this i'm like yeah she's like, okay well in that case i'm like wait a minute Wait a minute. Why is it in that case you're gonna just go ahead and get whatever you want? How many have been that way before? When it's a work trip, you're like, man, they're covering it. I'm staying in the nicest hotel. I'm eating at the nicest restaurant. I'm happy, man. I got an expense account. I knew one one uh, minister at a staff. He went out and they used to fight over who was gonna pay the bill. Now they were all on staff at the same church, and they would go out to lunch, and they would all whip out their corporate cards. And then one time, a minister took. My pastor, Pastor Bagwell, took him out to lunch, and a pastor's like, You know, okay, I I got this. And he's like, No, no, let me get it, Pastor. And the guy's like, You know, it was a pretty expensive meal, and Pastor knew what the guy made. He's like, No, I got it. He's like, No, no, let me take care of it, Pastor. So he's like, Okay. So he picks up the tab, and then he goes back to church. And he walks into the business office and he sets down the receipt and gives it to them to cover the meal. And the pastor's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they don't work like that. Come on, somebody. But I'm telling you, when you go on a work trip, work's covering it. You don't have to worry about it. How many know you're not worried about getting back and being late for work because you're on a work trip? You're not worried about how much it's going to cost because you're on a work trip. You're not worried about come on, you get in the rental car and you drive it like you're in the Indy 500. Come on, because you know you got the insurance. Now, when you pay for the rental car and you don't get the insurance, how many know you're driving like you're driving like grandma? You know, you're just real slow. But when it's a work trip, and I'm telling you, you're here on assignment. So, we need to act like it. We need to enjoy the journey. Come on, somebody. You're an overcomer. You need to enjoy the journey. You're here on an assignment. Jesus has given us an assignment, He sent us into the world, and He's saying, We're not of this world. You're not a prisoner, you're an ambassador. Look at somebody and say, I'm an ambassador. You may not have recognized, but I'm an ambassador. What does that mean? That means I have diplomatic immunity. I looked that up, and because, you know, for years I've said that, Lenny, I've said, I've talked about being an ambassador and talked about diplomatic immunity, but I wanted to look it up and make sure I wasn't just inferring to lethal weapon, come on, somebody, but I want to make sure it was real, and according to the Vienna Convention, you diplomatic immunity is a real thing, and ambassadors, diplomats of countries, they come to a place, and they are representative of that country, now get this, somebody's going to shout before this is over, they're in the other country they live there but they're not citizens and the rules the taxes the governance does not apply to them come on somebody oh i wish i had a hammond up in here i tell you what they're in the world but they're not of the world they don't have to abide by those rules they don't have to worry about it you know what they say the buildings the vehicles, the people that work inside, they give them a plot of land, and it's called an embassy. And in that embassy, the buildings, the land, the vehicles, everything belongs to that other country. You know what? It's said that every... Now, I don't know how, how true this is, but there's a country that every embassy, they fly in dirt from that country and they put it underneath the embassy come on that'll preach right there they fly in dirt from that country and they put it where they're going to build the embassy just to say this is the soil of this land man i'm telling you do you realize that you're an ambassador that you're here on an assignment And you are an overcomer because God has given you that. And your citizenship is not from here. You're a citizen of heaven. And because of that, we need to act like it. Come on, somebody say, I'm an ambassador. Hallelujah. There's there's a crazy story of a a Qatar ambassador. He was on a plane. And uh, all of a sudden, he decides he wants to have a smoke. Now, now, after you listen to this story, put yourself into that position and see what would have happened. He decides he wants to have a smoke, so he gets up and he goes to the bathroom. He disables the smoke alarm and lights up a pipe. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go, I guess you might as well go for it. He sat back there and smoked a pipe. And then the flight attendant, smells smoke, comes back there, starts beating on the door. He comes out and says, what were you doing in there? And he says, I was trying to light my shoes on fire. Come on. He then breaks the rules. Then he goes to an inference of a terrorist act. And they, I mean, they get him off the plane. They, they evoke the marshals. They go through all this. And they got him in custody. And all of a sudden, all he does is whip out an ID and says... Diplomatic immunity and they let him skip off and go back to Qatar. No problem. Can you believe that? Come on, somebody, I'm here to tell you that what the enemy has tried to put on you, what the devil has tried to remind you of, what the devil has tried to hinder you, and what the devil has tried to make you think that you can or can't do, all you have to do is stand up and evoke your rights as a citizen of heaven and say, I am an overcomer and I'm passing through. Come on, somebody, you have diplomatic immunity. You are an overcomer because of your position. You are in Christ. I know we don't understand that so much, but imagine if it was a physical place. You're in Christ. When you drove down here, you passed a sign that said, welcome to Grapevine. You said, leaving Colleyville, entering Grapevine. Now, what if it said, welcome to Christ? Come on. How many know if you were physically going into Christ, once you crossed that street, things would change. Can I, get, I can't get no help up in this Presbyterian church. I'm telling you that when you crossed over into Christ, things change. Because if you're in Christ, how many know there's probably no hospitals in the municipality of Christ? Why? Because they don't need them because sickness and disease has no place in Christ. Come on there's probably no mental asylums in Christ because you have the mind of Christ and everything is peaceful. Come on somebody. There's probably no law enforcement in Christ because you can't mess up because you're in Christ. I wish I had some help up in here. That's where you are. Your position in Christ. And let me tell you 2 Corinthians 5:17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is oh yeah therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come behold the old has gone and the new is here my god how many know the old is gone and the new is here i love looking over the congregation and seeing brand new babies in the congregation seeing the little infants in the congregation i want to go back and pinch the chubby cheeks not yours cameron i'm talking about your babies But how many know, new has come to your house, hasn't it? New has come to your house. And you know, oh yeah, come on, amen. (laughs) Royal just shouted right there. New has come to your house. And you know what the word says that this is no woman likes to be pregnant and go through labor. That were you enjoying that in the middle of that? Were you like, man, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, the new Makes the pain all worth it. Come on, somebody. The moment you hold that baby and you look at them, all of a sudden, the pain is all worth it. All of a sudden, everything you had to go through was worth it. You just start, I can't stop kissing Angelice. That's probably why she's sick right now because everybody wants to smooch on her and kiss. I mean, you look at that face and she's just like... I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm going to make some money or, or something because I, I have photo shoots. I'm going to become a, a professional like you, Rebecca, because we have daily photo shoots with my baby. When I'm holding her, I get the phone out and start Snapchatting. She is like the perfect filter. I mean, she's so, so perfect. It's like she gets on there, and every one of them looks good. Even the freaky ones around Halloween, I'm like, dear God. But she's still cute. Look at her. And, and I'm just like, I can't stop. I can't stop. Why? Because the new has come. Come on, even when she's got a dirty diaper, there's part of her that still smells new and sweet. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, we've got the new Old things have passed away, and all things have become brand new. What does that mean? What does the world mean? It means the world system does not control you anymore. Somebody shout, my position makes me an overcomer. Next, I want to talk to you about your purpose. Your purpose. What is your purpose here in the world? Your purpose. You know, when when kids are little, they go up to them and they say, Oh, hi, little Johnny. What do you want to be when you oh yeah and everybody has an answer i want to be a fireman i want to be a police officer i want to be a mighty man of god that was me when i was two i want to be a preacher i knew i was going to be a preacher i used to walk around with a little i put on my bathrobe and i'd get a little new testament gideon bible and i'd put it in the pocket and i'd walk around and i'd weave that little bible while my mom and dad's friends were doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing I got you, Pamela, if you're watching out there. And I tell you what, I'd walk around and I'd wave that little New Testament, and I'd say, "The Lord says you're not supposed to drink beer." And they'd look at me, and at first they laugh, and then their friends were like, "All right, come on, tell them to calm down." <laughs> come on, it ain't funny anymore. Yeah. The Lord says you're not supposed to smoke reefer. Come on, you know? and I would say all kind of stuff like that, and they they start getting freaked out and everything. But I knew then. Come on, but how many know your destiny, your purpose is not something you decide? Come on, now I'm getting ready to mess somebody up right here. It's not something you decide, but it's something you discover. Because God has placed it on the inside of you. God has destined and predestined you to do certain things and be certain places. Can I get an amen up in here? You under, why is people, why is it that I'm like this? Why is it that everybody wants, I bet you your whole life, Melanie, have been telling people how to do stuff. Come on, when you were a little girl, you probably told your friends how to play. No, no, the Barbies go over here. Ken goes over there. No, we got to do it right here. That ain't the way. And you're five years old trying to organize stuff. Why? Because God put a gift of administrations. Do you believe, do you realize administration is one of the gifts of God? Did you know that? It's one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's one of the gifts of God. A spiritual motivational gift that comes from God organization, administration, and so God put that down inside of you, and you too put that down inside of you, and you know why? Because that's who you were going to be. You didn't decide, now what do you do for a living? You're in management, right, right, and you make sure that everybody dots their I's and crosses their T's. Why? That didn't just happen. You didn't decide that. That was destiny, Come on, Fulton, you were probably blowing on straws when you were five years old, and you're probably making, I bet bet Lynn was tapping on pencils back when he was just a little kid. Come on. It's in you. It's in you. Felicia, you were probably a songbird, just a little, I mean, my daughter, you cannot get Arena to stop singing. We feel bad sometimes, because we're like, honey, please. (laughs) Please, we love your gift, but please. It's beautiful, but please. And not at that volume. Come, It's amazing. In the car, she can sing at 12, but you get her up here and put a microphone. In front of her. What's wrong with you? But it's in there. It's in there. Your, profession, your purpose is not something you decide, but it's something you discover. Come on, God already knew it. You just had to find it out. Amen? Cameron, were you one of those kids that took apart stuff when you were little? You probably took apart stuff just to see how it worked. Your parents came. In, what's wrong with this? I don't know. You're probably stacking up boxes and everything, making cool stuff. You knew you would do something with your hands. And you're able to do something. This guy back here, he can, he can do all kind of stuff. He's got all kind of gifts and talents. And that's what you've got to know, that it's something that you are destined to do. Your purpose. Romans 12, 21 says, be not overcome of evil. How many of you have ever felt that everywhere I'm around is just evil? These people I'm around, on my job, or in this situation I'm in is just evil. It says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with evil good overcome evil with good your purpose is to overcome evil with good why because the divine nature of christ now lives in you you're in christ and christ is in you so if his nature is in you then you need to act like him what did he do christ walked the earth and he overcame evil with good now if i was jesus i've told you this before if i was jesus how many know the bible would read a little different? And then Christ pulled out his fingers and zapped them all just like that. Lightning bolts came from his wrists, and he vaporized them as soon as they came near him. It would be a little different. Come on. Instead of wearing a cross around our neck, we'd probably have a machine gun around there because they'd have to mow me down. I'm telling you. It would be a little different. Come on. I mean, it would be a little different, wouldn't it, Len? You have a little Uzi right there. (laughs) Because I'm telling him, I'd be different. But Christ, he went about getting rid of evil by doing good. Everywhere he went, he did good. Everywhere he healed, he delivered them by doing good. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. How do you change the world? By doing good. We speak the truth in love. We do good. A minister was telling a story yesterday I was with, and and he was talking about, how he went to get his shoes shined. And he was getting his boots shined at the DFW airport. And he said he had his cowboy boots up there and there. A little Hispanic lady was shining his shoes. And, you know, he's like, man, that's got to be a a tough job. You know, you just got to get it done. And people complain about it. He said, and right then the Lord said, I want you to bless her. Give her $100. And he's like, well, Lord, it only costs $6 to get the... He said, give her a $100 tip. And so he's like, "Okay," he said he learned be obedient. So it gets done and and he hands her um he hands her a 5. It was $7. He hands her a 5 and two ones and she says, "Oh, thank you. Thank you." And then he hands her a hundo and he's like, "Here, that's for you." And she said, "Oh, oh no. What's this for?" He said, "That's for you." And she's like, no, it's a hundred dollars. <laughs> and he says, I know, I know, it's, it's for you. And she said, no, this is not a ten, it's a hundred dollars. I know, it's for you. And he said, all of a sudden she says, she says, Gloria adios," Dios. And he's like, now I don't know Spanish, but I know what that means. She says, Alleluia, Gloria adios, Dios, Dios, gracias. And he says, I know what that means. And he says, and then she says, oh, you don't know, you don't understand. I have four children, and now I'm going to be able to do something for them for Christmas. This was last December, and he said that he you have how many children? I have four children, and I'm going to be able to do so." he says, well, you can't buy nothing for four children with $100. He said he reached in his pocket and he peeled off three more hundos and he gave it to her. He said, and this time she stood up and he said, I'm not sure if she went into Spanish or other tongues, but she began to glorify God right there. And how many know she was prime and ready to receive anything he had for her right there? And you know what? Sometimes we think, oh, we just need to beat people over the head with the Bible and get them to change. But how many know you do something like that? And they're going to listen to every word you have to say. Every word you have to say. I've gone into restaurants before and I've tried to, I've tried to witness to the, um, to the server. And you know, they, oh yeah, whatever. Come on, you know how it is. When you're, when you're working, you're on it. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I got five more tables here. God bless you. Here's your drinks here. Let me get out of here. Then all of a sudden... When you start blessing people, how many know things get different? The next time you come in, they're like, well, hey, how you doing? Come on over here. I've got a table. Just get up. Get up. They're moving people. Come on. I've got a table just right here ready for you. And that's what they're doing. They're ready for you. There was a guy that used to come in when I waited tables. There was a guy that would come in, and he would put a $50 bill down on the table and he would put it right there. And as long as his drink stayed full, as long as his table stayed pre-bust, you were going to get that $50 bill at the end of the meal. And he'd put it right there. And, but I tell you what, if you came back and you were a little slow or something happened, all of a sudden there'd be two 20s there. And I thought you would like, oh, man. And then you come back and it's like, oh. And, and this guy, he was tough. And many people didn't make it. I remember one time he came in, and I'm like, I'm going to get you today. I am gonna. Get. I had my stuff ready. I had it all set up in the back, and I knew everything. I moved over to the table right behind him, and I put the tea um, pitcher right there and another pitcher of ice. I made sure that he was taken care of the whole time and got that 50. How many know, next time he came in, I was right there. Why? Because when you do good things for people, all of a sudden it breaks down walls and barriers and they're able to receive from you. If I just go in trying to tell people, oh, the Lord loves you, you need to get saved, you need to do this, come on, you leave $2 at a restaurant and a track, you know what's going to happen? That server is going to take that that track and they're going to ball it up and they're going to throw it away and they're going to say bad stuff about you. Now you take a track from your church, and you wrap a $20 bill in there, a $100 bill, a $50, how many know they're going to take that, they're going to put it inside their, their wallet, and they're going to read that, and they're going to say, I can't believe that. Am I, am I right? Am I right? All, all you guys that have worked, am I right? We have some resident servers here. And, and I tell you what, that's what people do. Because you've done something to demonstrate the love of God. Come on, how do you overcome evil? Overcome it with good. Are you getting something this morning? Come on, we've got to remember our position. We've got to remember our purpose. And we've got to remember your profession. Now, I'm not talking about your job, but I'm talking about what you profess. I'm talking about what you speak. 1 John 5, 4. If you you know me by now, which all of you do, you know anytime I minister, you're going to hear something about the Holy Ghost. And you're going to hear something about the love of God. And you're going to hear something about having faith. Because that's what God's called me to do. And I'm not going to veer away from that. Somebody should be happy for that. Because as your pastor, I'm going to stay in the lane and do what God's called me to do. And I'm not going to veer from that. Why? Because how many know we need that? We need to know that God loves us every day. We need to know that the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us every day we didn't know that our faith is strong and intact. Amen. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What's the victory that overcomes the world? He says it at the end, comma, even our faith. Faith is the victory. You want to be victorious? You want to be an overcomer? You want to overcome the world? You want to overcome the world's systems? You want to overcome the people? You want to overcome the man? Come on, somebody. You want to overcome the things that are holding you down? You want to overcome situations? Then you've got to be a man or woman of faith. And you've got to begin to speak it. You've got to begin to say it. Come on. It's not enough just to think it. But you have to speak it. Why is it that you're always telling us that? Because it happens. That's when it happens. Come on, if I come to you and I say, "Ariane, I would like to buy you a whole new wardrobe at your favorite favorite place," so I want to take you over to Shabby Chic or what, what's it called? <laughs> A swanky Chic. I want to take you over there if you if you know that's her favorite place right there. So a quick way to her heart, Swanky Chic gift card. So you say um, I'm going to take you over to Swanky Chic, and I want to get you a whole new wardrobe. Does that sound good to you? That sound good to you? Now, now nothing's happened yet. I've released it. I've told my intentions. I've told what I want to do. My desires. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, it sounds good to her. But guess what? Nothing has happened yet because the divine exchange has not taken place until she begins to speak back to me and come into agreement. Until I say, you know what? I would like to do it on Thursday. I think Thursday would be the best day. On Thursday, see, nothing still happened. She gave me the thumbs up. I think Thursday is a good day that we can go to Swanky Chic and I can get you a new outfit. I mean wardrobe. Yes. Guess what? Let's go Thursday. All right. So now that she took it into her heart, she agreed with it. But until she said, yes, let's go Thursday, how many know agreement didn't take place until she began talking back to me? Somebody's going to get this in a minute. See, God has given us his word. He's get, Every one of you have a Holy bibble in your house somewhere everybody has one of these you carry it you have it maybe it's sitting on your coffee table how many have grandma's gigantic bible at home somewhere i mean it's sitting back there you got funeral flowers pressed in there and obituaries and everything and some recipes come on how many have one of those just sitting right there on the coffee table somewhere You all have a Bible in the house, but this is God's Word. He's given it to us. He's told us what He wants to happen. He's told us what He has for our life. But guess what? We can think it's good. We can want it in our life. We can receive it. But until you begin to speak it back to God, agreement doesn't take place. Why is it important? Because the Bible says you will have whatsoever you say if you believe you're right if you believe you receive but then it says you only have it until you say it the bible says in mark eleven twenty three. 23 it says if you believe you receive and not doubt in your heart it says you will have whatsoever it says when you pray believe you receive and you shall have whatsoever you say not pray but say If you believe you receive, then you will have whatsoever you say. So that's why it's important. Because what happens? We say the wrong stuff all the time, don't we? We confess the wrong stuff all the time. We profess the wrong stuff all the time. we got to watch our profession and our confession. We say the wrong stuff all the time. But begin to speak and declare by faith that you have overcome and that you are an overcomer come on sometimes we can declare that we have overcome yeah God got me through that God made a way where there was no way but you know what I didn't I haven't just overcome in the past I am an overcomer come on somebody declare that today I am an overcomer That means I will overcome every time. That doesn't mean just something happened and I made it through by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. That means I am an overcomer. That's who I am. Because I don't belong here. I'm just passing through. And I tell you what, where I live, I have diplomatic immunity. So all these things that try to come on me, try to come in me, try to force me to live a certain way, does not pertain to me. Because I walk in diplomatic immunity, I am an overcomer, and I believe today that if you will realize who you are, where you are, that you're not in Grapevine, but you're in Christ. Come on, you're not in Fort Worth, you're in Christ. You're not in Garland, you're in Christ. You're, come on, you're not in where you guys talk of Altam City. You're not there. You're in Christ. You're not in Euless, you're in Christ. I'm not going to go, you guys, you're not in Kansas, you're in Christ. If you didn't know, they moved all the way to Kansas or somewhere, but you're in Christ. Hallelujah. And therefore, you're a new creation. Old is gone, and the new has come. You're an overcomer. And I want you to know today, you come into his house. Come over to his house. And watch him help you overcome everything in your house. If you'll realize where you are, you'll realize who you belong to, you'll operate in the love and faith of God, you're going to see that everything you have going on in your house, God's going to take care of. You don't have to get mad anymore. You don't have to get frustrated. You just have to stand up and say, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world i know we're facing frustration i know the enemy tries to get in and tries to creep in between me and my spouse and cause issues on a weekly daily basis come on somebody but you say no i'm not living there anymore i'm in christ i know i look at my financial situation and it looks bleak Come on, I, I keep adding and carrying the one and carrying the four. And it don't, it don't matter. You still don't have enough. Come on. I'm not operating by this monetary system. Come on, I don't live according to this economy. I live according to what God says. Hallelujah. And I've seen it time and time again. The enemy comes in and says, this is going on in your body. That you're not going to be healed. You're going to have this going on. No, I'm sorry. But I have already been given a blessing of faith. And what happens when you agree and you speak back God's word? Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And that word two-edged means two-mouthed. I've told you that before. That means God says something, then you say it back. What does God say about you? What's the blessing of faith that he promises? Come on, how about bodily healing? Come on, when I say it, if you need it, I want you just to say it back to him. Come on, when I say something and you need that in your life today, I want you just to say, I overcome because of, and insert it there. Bodily healing. Protection. Having my daily needs met. Forgiveness of sin, divine miracles, the precious baptism of the Holy Spirit, renewal of youth like the eagles. Come on, somebody. I got a birthday coming up tomorrow, and the older I get, the more I'm reminded I'm not as young as I used to be. So I need that renewal of youth like the eagles sonship come on i'm not a servant but i'm a son that'll change everything and then the bible tells us at the end of hebrews and and the end of the gospels it says many other exploits of faith so many things that we wouldn't have room to fill up these books come on you know what that is That's the Divine Elastic Clause. When I was in high school, I got an award for being the top civic student, and I learned the Constitution of the United States had an elastic clause, which meant everything that's not in here, anything we need to change to fit, anything that may come up in the future, it's written right there. Guess what? God gives us an elastic clause. No matter what, you say, well, I haven't seen that in the Word. I don't have a scripture for that. Well, guess what? He says, I am whatever you need. Come on, how many overcomers do we have in the room? Come on, lift your hands up by faith. Holy Spirit, we thank you that we are overcomers. God, we thank you that we have a divine position. We're seated in heavenly places. We're in you, God, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. We are in Christ, so we thank you for that. God, I pray that you would make that so real to your people, that they would know where they are, that we're not of this world. but We're in the world, but we're not of it. And God, because we're in Christ, we have a whole new set of rules. God, I thank you that we would walk in our purpose, our divine calling, God, it's not something that we decide. It's something that we discover. God, I pray that you begin revealing to us everything that you have for us, what it is that you have us to do, God, and we would walk in that. And God, our purpose would be to love, 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 and just to show your love and do good everywhere we go. God, I pray that you would give your people a sensitivity to doing good. God, that when there's somebody, we come across their path, and we're supposed to do good to them. God, I pray that it would be so clear to us, and we would not hesitate. We would do good. And then, God, that you would open the door for us to minister. And God, I pray that you would cause us to hold fast to our profession of faith. And know that our faith is power. God, I thank you. Your word says in Proverbs 12, 6, that the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. So God, I thank you that everything we just declared over our life, that deliverance will come in the name of Jesus. And I set my faith in agreement with everyone in this room. Everyone under the sound of my voice that declared I am an overcomer because of that, because of that, because of that. God, I set my faith in agreement and I declare that they are delivered by the confession of their mouth. God, I thank you that through their lips deliverance has come. God, you've done it already. You've already healed us. You've already delivered us. You've already set us free. And now it's up to us to begin to speak it out and come into agreement. So I thank you for that. God, let us experience the new in our lives. Lord, we love you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I just I just need some things in my life changed. I need to make sure that things in my life are, are just centered with God. And today I want to just ask God to forgive me and cleanse me and just get me in the right place where I can overcome. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. Yeah. Hands going up all over. Hands going up. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. If you raised your hand, we're going to all say this. Come on. Say, Holy Spirit, forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Wash me clean. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, my Savior. Be the boss of my life. Be my very best friend. And help me to live that overcomer life that I don't just overcome, but I am an overcomer. I believe I receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You are an overcomer. And I want you to, Walk through this week knowing that that's who you are. You're a divine overcomer. And God has already done it. Do you realize that God's already done everything we need Him to do? It's already done. He's just waiting for us to come into agreement with that. He's just waiting for us to discover it. Amen?